This is Clayton for Podcast Radio Business. We're joined by Kath Sermon, Head of Public Engagement and Campaigns at Phoenix Insights. We're here to discuss why the government is being urged to avert midlife crisis as generations are stuck without better support. Thank you for joining us, Kath. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. Kath, please tell us more about your role as Head of Public Engagement and Campaigns at Phoenix Insights. Phoenix Insights is a think tank set up to really look at how do we unlock the opportunities of longer lives. Um, and we were set up by Phoenix Group, so the um, retirement savings and pensions business, 200 pensions business. So we're their in-house think tank looking at how do we say unlock the opportunities of longer lives and that involves doing kind of the research and policy and analysis work you'd expect to think tank to do. But my role around public engagement is looking at, well, how do we also give people the opportunity to take some control and take some action for themselves? And how do we manage um, that sort of maybe sometimes changing our attitudes or our behaviours um, or our actions so that we get a culture change alongside sort of policy um, shifts that can be expected. So the latest Office of National Statistics figures indicate a high level of economic inactivity among 50 to 64 year olds and that this allegedly has reached a six-month high. Do you know what the main factors contributing to this trend and what impact does it have on both the individuals and the con economy in general? So we, Phoenix Insights, have done some really interesting research in this area um, around what's, I think, often into the great resignation and then the great retirement. Um, and there are actually a, a large, there are a number of factors driving those high levels of economic inactivity and, and particularly the sort of over 50s who left the labour market during or after the pandemic. One of the key indicators that we've noticed is that in the years preceding um, their kind of departure from, from work, there were, you could see increasing levels of job dissatisfaction amongst the groups that left. Now that might not seem like some, you know, <laughs> huge surprising <laughs> um, insight, but it's one of the things that's really made us look at, well, what could prevent people from building up that dissatisfaction? How do we get people before they leave the labour market thinking about their engagement and what they want from work and how they find the roles that are the best fit for them? So then they can stay and work in the right work for them for as long as they want. But as you say, economically and from an employment perspective, we can be retaining the talent and the skills of this experienced workforce. The research found many midlife workers lacked confidence when considering a career change. Why do you think that is? Well, it's interesting. So we, if I take one step back, they, some of the research found that about a third of people 45 to 54 expect to change career before they retire. That was actually a bit higher than I expected. Um, it's quite a large number of people, you know, in that sort of midlife category thinking about changing career and that, that can be quite a big change. When we then sort of dug into that a bit deeper, that's when you understand that people want to make these changes, but they feel can feel risky. It can feel daunting. Um, in the focus groups that we led, they people sort of talked about taking, you know, it feels like a leap of faith or taking the plunge. Um, and that's where we want to understand why. So some of that, as you say, is a lack of confidence. I think it's a feeling of uncertainty about the unknowns. You know, if you've been working for a long time in a career, you feel very established in that and it can feel 
you know, kind of, um, I guess, daunting to think about changing. People also talked about saying that they thought they were too old or maybe it was too late or that they weren't sure they could afford it. So there's some very real considerations for people. But what we then found was that people aren't aware of career service information, help and advice that's out there for people. And I think when people were aware of something, they felt it was targeted at school leavers or at graduates. They didn't see it as something that would could support them. I feel like one of the most obvious things to do if you're unsure of a situation, it feels risky, is to seek help. Uh, and that's where we've um, brought together this group of partners who actually can provide that help. There's loads of great free resources and information and support out there. I feel like we just need to connect people to it more. When I was a young man, you had a, a careers officer and that careers officer would guide you in doing certain things or putting your talents to the best use. But I suppose when you get old and you get into midlife, the idea of having a, a, a career coach seems probably quite distant from when you were a younger person. I know people have life coaches, etc., and they fill that role to a certain extent. Maybe is that a reason for people not necessarily being fully aware of their ability to have that kind of uh, mentorship? I think you've hit the nail on the head. The Phoenix Insights research found that I think it was 28% of adults had received careers advice in the past three years. But that varies hugely by age. So sort of 66% of 16 to 24-year-olds had received careers advice in the last three years. Very much what you're saying. You kind of, when you, um, when you know, primarily that's through education, when they're in school or when they're at college or university. Um, and there is a much better provision there, both in quality and quantity than there was in the 80s and the 90s when I was in education. Um, but it was only 15% of 45 to 54-year-olds who've received that kind of careers advice. And I think that is where that lies at the heart of the problem. People aren't looking for this help. They're not aware that help is out there. Um, but actually, I think it could really, accessing that more could be a real enabler in supporting people to be happier in work, find work that suits them, find work that's supports them in what might be 50 or 60 year careers in the context of longer lives and therefore could support them to earn for longer, you know, be happier in work, but also back to from the economic perspective, maybe overcome some of that economic inactivity and stem the tide of that. We know a lot of employers think that they could do more in terms of retention of their workforce. And this feels like a, an obvious place to start. Tell us about the Careers Can Change campaign. Thank you. We um, So we've been obviously looking at this research and trying to understand what, you know, let's not just complain about <laughs> the statistics. <laughs> you know, they're very important to understand what's happening, but what do we want to do about it? Um, and how can we help people? So we've brought together a group of expert organizations who work in this space. So, you know, Phoenix Insights, but with other organizations like Career Shifters, Brave Starts, Enterprise Nation, who help people set up their own businesses. Um, women returners who help people who've had a career break come back into the workforce. Um, and we've really brought together this group of partners to do two things. One is to inspire people to see that careers can change and that they can change successfully, whether that's a small shift or a total pivot. You know, these changes can be made at any age uh, and can be successful. And that's the main thing. We just want to inspire people to think about that more. 
At the same time, we're also, we don't want to create this demand and find that people then don't know what to do about it. So we're also connecting people through this campaign to support and information that's out there. There is a lot of good quality free support available for people, and we just want to make it easy for them to get that. So through this group of partners, we've, we've sort of brought together uh, easy ways of finding out about that information. So you've mentioned resources and we'll come back towards that at the end of the program. In order and in addition to resources, there is obviously the concept of mindset. And could you offer some key mindset shifts that individuals should consider when contemplating a career change or seeking new opportunities in the midlife space? Absolutely right. So people often talk about this as a there's a there's a mindset shift and then there's a skill set shift and, and how do you give people the tools? So the, the big piece here, and it's why we're talking about careers can change, is is about having that sense of can do and really wanting to see how change could happen. So in terms of that mindset shift, we really want people to to feel supported and positive about the opportunities and not to listen to their gremlins that might be telling them that they're too old or they can't do it or it's too risky. I think what goes hand in hand with that is then what's the supportive environment around that. So um, recognizing you guys are thinking about a business you know, often think you know about a business audience here. So, how can employers support that in any number of ways? We've talked about resources, but other ways of creating that mindset shift are you know coaching generally in a coaching culture in a business, offering mentoring opportunities, things like that. So, there's a range of different ways that you can help people with that with that mindset shift and create that supportive environment. Indeed, but also one of the plus sides of getting older is having the experience and the wealth and knowledge. But sometimes the flip side to that is you getting older and sometimes not being as fit as you were. So long-term sickness poses concerns for the financial stability of a lot of older workers who maybe want to keep going, but maybe are not as ready to run the marathon as they probably were a few years ago. Um, how can supporting this group back to work, if they've got the right mindset, affect the future retirement income and financial well-being. I think one of the things that we're really excited about in terms of the opportunity of, of really reaching people to think about how their careers can change is about putting them in the driving seat to make changes at a time and you know in a way that works for them. A lot of you know, like career changes take quite some planning uh, and some working through, uh, and therefore we really want people to be proactive in this potentially ahead of some of those negative push factors that can force people to leave the workforce. Um, so we have found in our research that, I mean, women in particular in midlife are more likely to leave the workforce for caring responsibilities or, or to manage health conditions. Um, when I've spoken to people, I've heard them talk about um, actually menopause as a factor that really led to them not coping, continue to cope in jobs that they had been in previously and thrived in previously. So we want people to think about how actually being on the front foot and thinking about taking action around their careers ahead of needing to change can be so powerful for people and put them in the driving seat. So what role do think tanks like Phoenix Insights play 
in advocating for better support and opportunities for older workers? How can their research and recommendations influence government policies and corporate practices, but also employers up and down the country? As a think tank, we're always questioning what are our strengths and how do we influence? And so a core strength, as you say, has to be about the research and the evidence base, because we know in business, like what's the business case for something? What's going to make an impact uh, and cut through is it's got to be looking at where's the evidence of what works and why it's needed. So we have a huge role to play there. But Clayton, you've just talked about, you say, these other enablers and how do we influence those other influencers in society? Employers have a huge role to play here. Um, We are situated within Phoenix Group. It's an employer. They employ about 7,000 people. So we've been piloting and trialing some different interventions for our colleagues. We've been working with a group called Amazing If, who run these squiggly career workshops, recognizing that careers should be about progression, not just about promotion, and that might mean non-linear moves. And, and we've been engaging colleagues in those and testing and learning of, well, what's most successful, what supports people after they've attended a workshop to then go on and take action. So we, I think we can help lead in terms of practice of what employers can do as well as what's the business case and why they should do it. Um, I mean, government also has a role here. They run the National Career Service, but our research found that very few people, particularly in the sort of midlife category, had heard of it. And therefore, very unsurprising, very few people had access support from it in that age group. So I think government's got a role to play, not just in promoting more about the services that are already out there, but also in thinking about how do they take a more proactive approach and targeted approach at certain groups interventions that would best reach out to some of the groups that need that help before they leave the labour market rather than just trying to get people back in once they've left. We discussed briefly about some of the resources that are out there and I'd like to come back to that. Would you like to be able to share some of that with our podcast radio business listeners? Any resources or any tips or any websites that they can go to in order to embark on this journey? Thank you. So the Careers Can Change um, partnership, we've got a new microsite, so it's careerscanchange.co.uk. And in there, we've really brought together connections and content from our partners to make it easy for people to be able to access that in one place, but then to follow through and find what works for them. So that's including a range of, say, whether that's about setting up your own business, this midlife age group are actually some of the original side hustlers. Um, So thinking about whether that's self-employment, whether that's a big leap into that or setting something up on the side as you continue to work and look at how you might phase that in, um, the support from Enterprise Nation around that. Um, Or as you say, workshops from people like Career Shifters and, and Brave Starts, because what we hear and what the evidence points to is that participating in change in something like this in a group with others around you is really important to helping people make those changes and to make them successful. I mentioned before that the Squiggly Careers work that we've been running at Phoenix Group, they've got some brilliant resources online of just top tips, things to use, they've got a toolkit that can help, you know, so there's just lots of practical things there and I'd urge people to, to have a look Tell us what they think. Um, we're really keen for people to tell us their stories of career changing. Um, so if people are keen to go on, on the site, then tell us their stories um, because that will help us understand what's, what are people struggling with, what, what's working and how we can make sure we're providing the right information to help. Thank you very much. Kath Sermon, Head of Public Engagement and Campaigns at Phoenix Insights. Thank you for joining us on Podcast Radio Business. Thank you very much, Clayton. You're most welcome.